When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is David Patrick Kelly. You're listening to Zach and Dustin, $2 late fee. Get a nice cup of coffee and a really good sandwich with bread and brie and enjoy the show. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. These are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? These are the warriors. We know about the warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops and 100,000 sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the warriors. They've got one night. The Warriors. Boy, oh boy. Well, I'm so excited today because... um, First of all, it's kind of perfect that we're recording this episode on the heels of Christmas, or the beginning, you know, before Christmas, because this is like my Christmas present. This is a Christmas present for me yep. to do this. The opposite of heels on the heels would be on the toes of, right? But people don't say that. But no, it's just, they don't. It just occurred to me. But if something's happening before, we're on the toes of Christmas. Yeah. Okay, so we're on the toes. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so this is, this is uh, anyone who listens regularly knows it, that The Warriors is Zach's favorite movie, um, hands down, period. Doesn't matter what decade, doesn't matter. Just talking favorite movies, there's only one, and it is The Warriors. Yeah, people have their favorites, the, rightfully so, like the Star Wars and the Indiana Jones and the, the, you know, 
dare I say, titanic for some. But uh, for me, it's always been the Warriors. And joining us, we have a very special guest. I I'm, I'm actually uh, a little nervous having this guest on because he's such an expert with 80s knowledge. But John Toma, a.k.a. that 80s dude from Instagram fame, is joining us on our show. John, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super pumped to be on the show. You guys are legends. I love listening to your podcast. And uh, I'm super pumped. I mean, I from uh, film aficionado to film aficionados, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of the show. And I love talking movies. So, um, you know, and I'm right there with you, Zach. I think that... Um, you know, The Warriors is definitely one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, and I believe it's the greatest film of the 70s. No question. Even though it came on the uh, at the end on the heels. On the, on the heels. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, if, I could, if I could use that yep. uh, on the heels of the Anytime. 70s, um, it is definitely the greatest film. Now, there were some blockbusters in the 70s like Jaws, uh, the, the first Superman uh, but there is nothing like the Warriors, and that's why I was super pumped when you guys invited me on the show to talk the Warriors. Uh, even though I specialize in 80s, I love the 1980s. I'm a 70s baby. I was born in 76, and Same. I watched the Warriors for the first time in the early 80s. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, this was like in my wheelhouse, uh, gang what? territory area. Wait. Yeah, so I was like, you, you have, like two movies um like stand out to me a, a huge amount uh the warriors is one of them and uh and then also uh the last dragon uh, uh -oh. it's a motown style you know so what's going on uh -oh. yeah so we're so related you... uh oh we better get out ancestry.com <laughs> quick find so, out so john john really quickly um i'm from michigan as well actually royal oak which is right outside oh. Detroit. Yeah, I got family in Oriole Oak, man. I grew up off Seven Mile Road near State what? Fair, and uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm a Detroit kid, man. I, I didn't come out to uh, San Diego until '89. Uh, uh, my family and I just decided that my dad actually decided that instead of me getting involved in uh, in, in riffraff out there, he wanted to come out. So I'm the oldest uh, kid of uh, oldest of five, and uh, and so the rest is history, as they say. But um, I've got a lot of love for Detroit, and I learned a lot on the streets. Uh, and now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a refined man, uh, now, but, uh, I've got a little ghetto in me as my <laughs> wife says. <laughs> well, it's, it's fitting because uh, also last dragon is one of Dustin's favorite movies of all time. It's so. in my top 10 favorite top 10 of all time. It's yep. one of the greatest films ever made. No doubt. Bless you. Yeah. Yep. Bless you. So, so John, yeah. I, I just, I want to get a little, little background on kind of how that eighties dude began um obviously you're you're a fan of 80s movies you know and thank you for the kind words that you said about us we really appreciate that um but for those that yeah might uh for those listening kind of tell us how how that all began that you said i'm gonna devote a page to to, the, to your love of the 80s yeah uh so basically you know i've had uh i journal i've journaled for a long time um, as, uh, I used to travel quite a bit or extensively actually around the country as a former narcotics contractor. So I would help um, agencies with their, uh, drug testing and all that stuff. And I would journal all the time. So I got, uh, I got used to journaling my, my travel and I thought, okay, this is good because my kids, 
um, are going to be able to kind of read about things, you know, if they if they are actually if kids are reading in the future. I don't know if that's going to happen, but <laughs> but but, uh, but <laughs> really? I, as a as somebody who who would journal, when my fourth son was born, I decided um, that I was going to also share um, my collection because I have a I, I was collecting in the in the mid to late eighties uh, comic books and baseball cards, garbage pail kids, things like that, and I thought, hey, I, it would be cool to have like a visual um context to this um and so i thought let me go ahead and start moving things uh from a from a physical journal into a virtual journal and uh, i thought when my fourth son was born i was like you know what this would be cool because i love photography i love iphoneography especially uh and i thought this would be this would translate well and then i started to post along with some of the stuff that i was like the the stuff that i collected i started posting nostalgia like commercials from the eighties. And I was like, Hey, sure. this, this, I, I remember this, that you guys remember it. And those actually started to get quite a bit of views. And I thought, Hey, you know what? I grew up in, in the eighties in a very unique way. I'm an immigrant. I'm a first generation immigrant. And when, when I came to the U S uh, English is my second language. It's not my first language. Uh, and so I experienced the, uh, uh, pop culture in a very, I think unique way because it was almost like the way that I learned how to assimilate into uh, into America, right? Yeah. Uh, for my whole family, so um, I have a lot of early memories. I I just I'm, I would say blessed that way, um, where I remember things from like the age of three, and <laughs> uh, and so so I thought, hey, if if people are really enjoying this, let me let me bring to the people to this shared experience that we all had, and I tell you, the community sort of blew up that way, and I've been it's been it's been an amazing experience. The people you meet, that you connect with, the messages. Um, I get, I get, I get film stars uh, sharing my posts. Uh, they reach out to me. They uh, sometimes they'll 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 comment right in the post. Uh, like I posted um, this episode from this Christmas episode that I remember very fondly watching with my sisters from uh, um, from uh, Punky Brewster yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the guys that uh, worked on Punky Brewster commented and actually told me that on the new on the reboot, uh, told me that they that hit her and her mom in the show there was closure now because there was never really that great of closure in the original yeah. Punky when she end, when it ended. So those kind of experiences that I'm having are just things that I would have never imagined happening, and it's just from trying to share this thing with my kids. So when they get older, there's like a virtual experience my kids have uh with that time now don't get me wrong i'm not just an 80s I, I i post things from pretty much the late 70s through the mid 90s because sure, i was a 90s yeah yeah so I, yep. I i graduated high school in 95 so my <laughs> 90s uh life was awesome it was like those are my right. my prime teen years right yeah um so yeah so that's how it started and the rest is history as they say my wife um has had to adjust to my lifestyle as uh as a <laughs> As an influencer, I guess. <laughs> um, but you know what I've done is over the last since May of 2020, I have made adjustments in my in my in my balance of life work because um, I work a full I, I work. I have a, I still have a career. Um, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a husband, uh, you know, and so I, I I just adjusted my schedule to make it work. So that way I'm still communicating with the community and touch with the community. I never look, I never miss a comment. I always like to look at comments. Uh, and, and this shared experience for me 
has been one of the most gratifying um, experiences of my life. That's, that's awesome. That's incredible. And also, yeah. you know, from just from a branding perspective, it's like you're not going to be you're of course, you're that 80s, dude. You're not going to be that late 70s to mid 90s, <laughs> dude. That would just be <laughs> right. uh, too much, right. to, too much to fit. But of course, yeah, exactly. We we on the podcast, we're the same way. We we late 70s and to, you know, 90, 91 has been our cusp. But we've we're certainly we're, we're not afraid to go to 95. We could do no it. No way, man. It, yeah. it, can, it can happen. <laughs> we're going to have to. Certainly. No, yeah. if we, yeah. no it's, it's very interesting because we, when we start to, you know, we, we love 80s movies, obviously, but when we start to really, it is those 90s movies that we do remember even more so because sure. we were older and, you know, yep. It, it, yep. things that were on HBO all the time, on TV all the time. We just, you know, you just absorb and watch and. For um, sure, man. S Spice Channel, getting that thing just like <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's funny. I you know I was in the car the other day, and I'm um, uh, actually driving to meet Dustin. We went to a screening of Cherry Two Thousand uh, in Echo Park, not too far from us. Awesome. Uh, Occidental College, and um, I'm on the road, and I'm listening to the like '90s Two Thousand channel, and a Vertical Horizon song comes on. And I'm like, nice. I, I gotta be honest, this I know. And I'm yeah, singing yeah. along right. word nice, for yeah. word. And I'm going, right you know, there, yeah. I love 80s music. Obviously, I'm a child of the 80s. I grew up in all 80s music. Yeah. But that 90s, that mid 90s music is so ingrained in me. It hits yeah. hard, I know man. every yeah. single sure. word. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I've had these conversations with fellow um, 70s kid, you know, 70s born, 80s uh, raised, and, uh, you know, 90s grown, as they say. Um, and I, I totally have respect for 90s music. Uh, music is essential to our, you know, lifeblood uh, growing up and, no doubt. and and shared experiences. And uh, 80s music, in my opinion, is the greatest uh, music decade. However, Agreed. I really feel that uh, you have to be very careful when you say you can't discount the early 90s, too. The, the, the way I feel is, and I've always talked about this. I'm very upfront about this. If anybody wants to engage in a very detailed uh, argument about this, I want to say this. The greatest decade, actually, even though you say it's the 80s, uh, there's always a transitionary period uh, that happens, like from the late 70s into the early 80s, where you have some um, sort of some, some matter from the 70s that still kind of like flows into the early 80s. I think the, yep. the, the music period that was really amazing was really from like around 80... 84, I would say 83, all the way to like 90, 93, maybe around that time. If you, if you, even if you pull in the Seattle scene, um, you know, which people like to call grunge, um, you really have that decade as a phenomenal decade. I mean, you had Queen also still releasing amazing music, you yeah. know, with Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, mm -hmm. You had a lot of uh, great, you know, R&B stuff, Boyz to Men and things like that. So you cannot discount 90s at all when you say when you include a great period, a decade. You know, you got to go, I think, really 84 to almost 94 was really sweet spot in mm. music and film, you know. So, well, that's interesting yeah. because we had just um, discussed several movies from 1987 this year, obviously celebrating in, in 2022, celebrating their 35th anniversary. Sure. And quite often people are like, oh, the greatest year in the 80s for movies is 1984, it's 1985. And sure. rightfully so, I yeah. totally get yeah. that. But then we started listing off the movies from 1987 and we're like, maybe Phenomenal year. Is the best. <laughs> Phenomenal year. It's every, every movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, started, totally. 
totally then agree. i started looking at 1988 and i'm like actually 1988 is pretty good too but we'll get to <laughs> yeah. that in 2023 well i think so. you know just to kind of like give you 20 seconds more on this i think that you know deciding which is the greatest year or whatever is that's more that's like a very personal subjective kind Absolutely. of thing right and there's there's nothing even when i say that the greatest really period is from like 84 to 94 or whatever you know you I somebody can come in and say, well, you know, there's this didn't happen. You know, the Matrix was in 99. Well, I understand that. But, you know, there's definitely an <laughs> argument for all that. Uh, nothing. There's nothing. There's no like scientific, you know, uh, thing that you can bring in there like to prove it. But I would say arguably that when you look at the abundance of or the successful film, successful music and things like that and people's taste, you can gauge that. You go, OK, well, hey, most of the stuff that you like especially if you're our age, is between this period of time. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I, I yes. show stuff on my channel that is in the early 80s that I would think almost everyone should know. But then there's people that come out of the woodwork um, that have never heard of it, never seen it. Sure. So that's why I think 84 um, to 94 is a, is, a, is a really great decade of time to for shared experiences because a lot of the 80s kids, or they call, you know, call themselves the 80s kids, they, they may have been born in the 80s, but unfortunately, you don't start really heavy retention until you're about age four. So you yes. miss a lot of the early stuff, right? So um, I always think 80s kids are really the ones born in the mid-70s to, you know, in, in the 70s, Correct. Uh, mid to late 70s. So and the, on the heels of the 70s, I include them too. Correct. So, you know. and, it's, yeah. and, it, and there's, there is such a difference between those that were born in the late 70s and as far as their understanding of things. Like, to your point, you're posting something you think everybody knows about it. They don't. That's kind of how our podcast operates. And we even have to to catch ourselves sometimes to be like, if we're too presumptuous, you know, like we're too inside <laughs> baseball. We're like, well, everyone knows this. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, what are you talking, who are you talking to? Who's that person? You know, it's, it's sure. a very select group of, uh, of folks. Yep. And, and, you 100%. know, and, and that's why it's great to have you on the show. Cause obviously you're, you're part of, of that, that family, our lineage, Thank if you, you will. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The blood, the bloodline. Um, and it, yeah. and in fact, it was very auspicious. Cause I happened to see a post that you made that basically said this is the best 70s movies the best 70s movie the warriors it was like you were just doing the best yeah. movies of the decade yeah. right you know and zach and i have been talking about doing the warriors for a long time we knew it was going to happen it's just a matter of when and then i saw your post and i was like all right i, I think it's time to time to get this <laughs> i'm so honored man i can't even tell you how florida i've been like going through fast forwarding scenes in the warriors because i own it on digitally too and i gotta tell you it's like every scene is like it's so well edited like yeah. you could just take a little pick of every scene of this film and you're like wow i remember I, I think i remember more of of that film in little like little sections than i do almost every any other film even some 80s films you know mm -hmm. um yeah i could talk about big trouble in little china all day long but uh, you know yeah. the warriors is like it's it's so well edited walter hill is an absolute genius. Like that is quintessential perfection in editing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about directors, specifically from the '80s, or who stood out the most in the '80s, um, I know Warriors came out in '79, and Walter Hill obviously did movies prior to the Warriors, like The Driver, for example. Yeah. But 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 he is a quintessential icon, I think, of the '80s. If you look at his yep. filmography during the 80s it really stands out 
The Warriors, I, I always catch myself saying, oh, 1979, it it's a 70s movie, but it's right on the cusp, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I think technically I always round up anyways, so we'll call it an 80s movie. <laughs> but Walter Hill, you know, along with John Carpenter, uh, Joe Dante, for example, I think those three directors are some of the top directors of all time. For sure. And they're, they're Ridley, best. Uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would never, in any conversation that I would have on um, brilliant directors, Walter Hill has to be in included, has to be included. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, he is one of those directors who, uh, like Carpenter, if you look at his body of work, every movie is original. I know yep. people have said, oh, Streets of Fire is like the Warriors, or, oh, um, Last Man Standing is similar to the Warriors in, in, in certain respects. But then you go, okay, but, but he took his own idea, not, not technically his own idea. He wrote it along with another writer as well. But sure. he took this movie, and there's never been anything else quite like the Warriors. And there can't be. There can't be because it is, uh, it is not only done in uh, it's it's a time piece. It's a, it's in a capsule, right? And it also um, requires that if you're going to try to do anything like it, you have to actually, uh, you cannot replicate New York in the '70s or early '80s, right? You no. just cannot replicate it. Uh, so it is it is in a time capsule, and it will forever a it will age excellently forever um, because of that. So. Yeah, you just cannot redo it. And I think they made attempts to try to, um, you know, do, uh, you know, make another Warriors. But you come on, Walter Hill will even t I mean, if you've listened to Walter Hill on any podcast or if you've seen him um, do some um, uh, interviews, uh, he knows he like without being overly cocky, he knows how hard it was to make that film. Uh, so it, to try to remake it and with today's, even with today's technology, with today's um, money, the actors had to endure the things that they have to endure. Actors today likely would not endure, you know? No. So, you know, oh, let's go shoot at night in New York where there's a whole bunch of street gangs and they want to rip off our property. They want to throw rocks uh, and, and bricks at us. I'm, who's going to do that? Not even, I don't care how big your biceps are, Chris Hemsworth, you're not going to do the Warriors. Okay. So <laughs> don't get me. I like Chris Hemsworth. I'm just saying. <laughs> so do I. No, 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 no. But, 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 but you're right. It, it, it's a gorilla. It's a level of gorilla filmmaking that we'll never yep. see again yep. on any scale. You had said that you saw this movie when you were a kid. I was the same way. I think, I want to say 83, 84 is when I saw it. But Dustin, yeah. Dustin, when's the first time you saw The Warriors? I couldn't tell you. I'm real bad at this kind of thing when we just like, <laughs> when did you see it? I can remember certain <laughs> movies seeing in the theater. I did not see this in the theater, obviously, because uh, I would have been one. But like, uh, you know, um, I don't remember. I don't remember the first time, but it is just one of those movies. It's like its reputation, you know, preceded it. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is glorious. Um John, for those that might not have seen this, God forbid, uh, what could you give us the the, the one-liner, the summary, synopsis, if you will? Yeah, for sure. Um, a Coney Island street gang goes to a conclave, uh, gangster meeting, uh, to hear out uh, basically the messianic uh, gang leader <laughs> for the uh, uh, for the riffs, and this is a, a major street gang. And uh, in order to hear out the potential of uniting all the gangs, 
that are 60K strong versus maybe a 20,000 police force uh, uniting them. And the messianic leader gets shot by, uh, by a member of the rogues named Luther. And this cr- creates chaos and uh, the, the warriors are blamed, this uh, street gang from Coney Island. And now they have to try to make their way back to Coney Island uh, and avoid the other gangs and, and being killed uh, by the other gangs. Uh, that's basically the premise. It's a very simple uh, premise. Survive the night, get back to your home turf uh, by hmm. all means necessary. And the adventure is, uh, I mean, oh, what can I say? It, the, that's simple premise, but the film is just pure perfection. It's amazing to yeah. think about it, you know, watching a movie like this now before technology, before cell phones. You know, the first thing I always think about now is just like, how did that information even get to the Warriors about the gang meeting and you know one thing that kind of stands out to me is the fact that all these gangs are gigantic they have so many numbers and they're on coney (laughs) island you got these little like nine man crew yeah and but they've you know somehow they've still developed a a reputation uh that has gone beyond coney island yeah well what i from what i understand is that there are a lot more warriors but these yeah. are like the nine, like what you would call maybe the ambassadors, right? They like they, yeah. they're the, yeah, so they were chosen. So, so the Warriors is actually a large gang, right? A larger yes. gang. And, uh, and so I think, um, and they're the best, by the way. They're, right. They are the best. They're not they just good. The they're, the, they're the best. They're the best. <laughs> they're they the, are best. the best. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, yeah. And so they, they're going out and every, every gang has to choose their nine to go out unarmed to um, uh, the the park where this is uh, taking place, this uh, this conclave, and um, and yeah, so I think that that also makes a very interesting uh, thing because what do you when you imagine a gang, you imagine the gang to be armed, right? They either have knives, they have clubs, they have bats or uh, guns or whatever. But these guys went out there unarmed, and basically uh, this was a, a, um, a there's a truce, and obviously with uh, with with um, with Cyrus being killed, uh, is it okay if I drop uh, spoilers here, or are we? I think trying? so. I think okay. at this point, it's. I, I know it's yeah. considered yeah. still a cult classic in many ways. Yeah. Some people haven't seen, but go go for it. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you still need to see the Warriors if you haven't seen it, despite us sharing this. But repeated the, the, viewings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think I look. I want to just say something. Uh, piggyback on something Dustin said. I'm so I'm so glad that you said you don't remember when you saw it, because I think that's, uh, you know, we all go through that. Like there's times where I think, oh, when did I see this film? Because I try to remember specific. I just have like this this tick in me. I try to remember things as closely to the detail as possible. But we need people to say, hey, I don't remember seeing this. Right. And I I didn't see every 80s movie in the 80s. Right. I saw a lot of the 80s movies later in the 90s and 2000s. Sure. And uh and so um you know so if you haven't seen the warriors it's not too late guys it is a i was just telling someone the other day a friend of mine i said if there is a movie you need to watch once in your lifetime besides some other films that i really like obviously from the 80s the warriors has to be one of them so please watch it uh before it's too late (laughs) it's a funny thing it's a funny thing because when you explain the plot of this movie to a child they want to see it immediately because sure. it sounds like the the plot of a video game, yeah. and it's only fitting that Rockstar Games put out the Warriors, which, right. by the way, they should remaster and, and redo because it, it is mm. probably, in my opinion, I'm not a huge gamer, but that game is authentically it is it is 
the only it's the only game you've ever played no <laughs> yeah, the only game I've ever played. No, for me for me it's the the only thing that would be that would make the most sense to do after the warriors not a sequel yeah. not a remake but just sure. make a video game version where you can play the characters and once you complete the mission you actually can go through the world again as a different gang which is amazing totally too. agree but i think i have the I have a oh, copy of it. Oh um, yeah! Look at this yeah. closet. Look at this. Oh uh, yeah! Sorry guys. Uh, I don't know. By the way, uh, I I just uh, I was just thinking about coming to rewatch this. This is a uh, very oh, extremely limited, like one in the I squad. think five hundred. Yeah, a Monster Squad um, release with a lot of like uh, extra like behind the scenes photos and stuff in it. Where uh, did you find that? Uh, so this I actually hunted this down for years. Um, <laughs> this is by called uh, Cinema Museum Cult. I'm sorry, they make very custom. They're sort of like uh, uh oh, Zach's blown like, away. Uh, Zach's blown away. Warning, warning. This yeah, doesn't happen often. They're kind of like vinegar syndrome and stuff like that. But check it out. You get the actual. Wow. You got the Stephen King rules. Oh uh, yeah. Here. What? But you get this whole um beautiful kind of like backstory with some oh images and stuff of the film. Oh boy. Yeah, and then um. Talking of uh, Lisa Downs, uh, here's her life after. I got to do a giveaway for her, by the way, because uh, I want to tell people about life after Atreyu. Yeah. Uh, yeah Friday the 13th, the series. <laughs> wow. Uh, hang on, I'm trying yeah, to so, find... uh, while, while you're looking for that, I, I just want to put it out there because um, I think it's important to mention because oftentimes people will go looking for the Warriors. Walter Hill uh, pulled out a director's cut. He made a director's cut oh. many years later and in, in I think around 2015 or soon uh, either before that. And yeah. it is not, in my opinion, it is not anything comparable to the original 1979 print. And for decades, uh, the only available version you could get was a bootleg version on eBay, which actually is it, a really nice version as well. Um, but but you are holding in your hand the Xbox. I have the PlayStation Two version, but you're holding the Xbox. The Xbox, yeah. So this is the uh, this is the Xbox version with some screenshots uh, of the game here in the back. But um, I actually want to pick up the PlayStation version, even though I don't have that. Uh, but check out the it's got the Baseball Fury mm -hmm, leader mm -hmm. here on the front there. Yeah, there and then uh, I had to make sure that when I pick this up. Uh, it has the original Rockstar like sticker thing here, and when I picked yeah. it up, I had to make sure the book was there. Oh yeah, uh, because I wanted to go obviously through the book, and the book has some amazing photos in it too. So, but the yeah, man, is, I mean, the book is a nice compliment actually. So Rockstar, Rockstar, you can tell they were fans obviously of the movie, and I think when that game was released in 2005. I consider it still to be a, a obscure film uh, up until that point. I think cult cult wise, I think it still holds cult status because it's very popular, like in the underground community or the hip hop community community or the graffiti community. Uh, but in the mainstream community, the warriors is one of those movies that is still not really broken through. And I'm, I kind of appreciate that, you know, from the, Me from too. the cult standup yeah. fandom. I, I, I do too. Absolutely. Here's a VHS. Here's the original uh release uh first first uh screen first oh, copy there, oh there oh yeah. this is dueling <laughs> dueling vhs and i've got my yeah. beta and you've got the oh nice the price tag the zach yeah wow that's awesome. uh, let me that's see, just hilarious let me, let me see the beta. beta let me see the beta zach can i see that yeah so the beta the beta i got for three dollars at a place called rasputin records in the bay area Man. That's beautiful. That's a beauty. Does it With does like it have the uh, it it has the uh, the spine label? Oh, I love uh, that man. I just I love spine labels. They just man, they <laughs> me too. <laughs> make me so happy. Yeah, I had to make sure that I got one 
with the spine label and then also the main label intact because you get them a lot of them have like been kind of eroded and whatnot but uh, it was important to me to find to find that for sure that's amazing and, we, uh, we, we need to point out though zach the beta doesn't say the warriors it just says warriors it does say you're right it just says warriors on it uh, I'll do some. By the way, I'll take some screenshot or I'll take some pictures but of. They this couldn't stuff. fit it in. No, they. That's. Uh, so I John, love it. We do a uh, we do a segment on our Patreon called "Why Does Zach Own This?" and it's oftentimes <laughs> very. I think you would be a perfect person to be on the show. Oh yes. Can, oh yes. We get you on the show. Awesome, we have man. to get you on the show uh, to talk about this stuff. I will say the Warriors, and you probably did this. Uh, you take two VCRs back in the '80s, and you could take uh, you could copy tapes right yeah, yeah and the warriors was the first movie that i ever experimented with that and was able to do that there wasn't any sort of blocker like touchstone would make their uh, when you copy the tape it would be black and white disney movies would do that but paramount pictures who put out the warriors you could easily copy it yeah and i was so obsessed with having a pristine copy that if, if there was ever some some sort of glitch in the vhs tape like a like a wrinkle or something uh <laughs> i would have to redo it because it wasn't perfect right hey, until man, i could yeah. own my version i never owned yeah. a beta uh player however i remember going to this secondhand used store and seeing this copy of the warriors and i was looking around to see if anybody had snagged it because i was like i, I gotta get this now and actually yeah, have yeah. something else when we talk about the soundtrack we'll uh, i'll talk i'll share something else i got at rasputin that day i love it i actually will the warriors is, is a is a property that if i find any type of if it's convenient and i find it i will buy it uh i'll buy the the, the item you know if it's if it's related Same. to the warriors so so for me right now um i'm trying to do that with a couple of other properties from the 80s um, so the Warriors is kind of like, if, if I run into it, I'll get it. But um, w something that you said that really brought me back right now is, yeah, I used to have, we, so we had a hand-me-down, um, I don't know if you've seen these, but they're actually like portable um, v VHS players. They were like, you could stack them and you could record, you could put a VHS in one and you could put another a blank oh. tape in another and you could record uh, you could transfer uh, the the VHS tape, and we had a hand me down. It didn't work very well, but but on the occasion that it did work, um, I transferred quite a few films, and that's how I got into VHS editing. And uh, VHS editing is sort of kind of like a side hobby I like to do. So I don't know if you guys oh, ever cool. saw. I had a post where I I did uh, I took uh, uh, a scene from the Karate Kid in the dojo, uh, the Cobra dojo, Cobra Kai dojo, and I mixed it with uh the scene from when uh show show and his crew uh came in yep. to uh to bruce leroy's um uh studio and so it, it it has it has uh it has uh john crease looking at like you know whispering in um and johnny lawrence's ear and he's like oh better look over here and instead of mr miyagi and daniel walking in it's show and his crew <laughs> i'm very proud of that one because uh that one was actually shared by um, by quite a few folks, including uh, Martin Cove, who played John Kreese, uh, and he commented on that. So it's all, I think I pinned it at the very top uh, with his so comments. Cool. I see that? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love I love doing VHS edits. They're very popular more now today actually than they've ever been. Guys, if you haven't seen what John does on his page, go check that out because it's it's really fun. But the Warriors had spawned such a huge again for a movie that i would still consider by many to be obscure or more of a cult movie a true cult movie 
it has such a great um, uh, amount of merchandise that's come out. Uh, Tops Cards put out these extra large uh, baseball cards years ago. Oh, look at uh, that! In actually, <laughs> those are awesome. Extra large, 14. extra large for no reason. <laughs> They are, because if you look at a regular baseball card, you know, they're oh, tiny. Oh, I mean, they are. They're yeah. gigantic. They remind me of the 90s, the po the postcards that we're putting out, the, that they would put out of baseball players. I have one from uh, Cecil Fielder and from Barry Bonds. I sent them in for autographs, actually, <laughs> along with a small card that they could keep. And I that size is actually uh, reminds me of the 90s, early 90s postcards. That's awesome. Oh, cool. I love that. Oh, yeah. Cecil Fielder, you bring me back. Yeah. Well, you know, really? you being a, a brother from another mother, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. you know, and from a hometown hero and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can share. We can <laughs> yes. share our items that we yeah. have. Yeah. This entire um, episode will just be sharing physical media with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about yeah. like the meat of this movie. Yeah. Um, in, in, and, you know, obviously uh you know people who've already seen the movie know the 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 iconic scenes but why don't we list off a few of our kind of favorite scenes i'm going to start with just the opening the opening to this movie uh is so like you said john in the, in the beginning of the episode every every scene is kind of magic it's it's iconic that opening sequence of kind of introduced to why they're going to go to see cyrus why they're going to get together who's going to go uh, that is magic. That's a whole lot of magic in my opinion. But, but what are some of your favorite scenes in this movie, John? Yeah, totally. That, um, scene is, is brilliant in so many ways. Um, and I, I'm not throwing these words out because I want to make the, make this whole interview extravagant about how awesome I'm just telling you right now that as a, as a writer, as someone who appreciates film and has watched film for a very long time, in normally um, films that start in medias res, okay, so that's the Greek word. Obviously, it's in the mid in the middle of things. Um, they are few and far between. Most of the time, they start uh, where the where the story arc is very um, uh, Joseph Campbellish Star Wars, where it's a setting how how the you know how uh, the hero starts his journey and all that. No, in the Warriors, Walter Hill, what he does is. He goes, hey, we are, this is, action is happening right now. These guys got to get somewhere. But he explains it all in little snippets with like these cool little uh, uh, points in conversation between the, between the warriors on the train, right? So you yeah. kind of know exactly what's going on within the first seven minutes. Uh, and by the time uh, they get to the conclave, you kind of know how every, how all the characters are set up, their personalities, Ajax, Swan, you know, um, Cleon, you know, all their personalities, Fox, all those guys. So um, the other scene that I think is um, that I think is phenomenally edited and also just really, I think, sometimes is underappreciated because this film is, even though it's got some action in it, it's not a major action movie, right? The action is highly edited. The, the scene where the Furies, the baseball Furies chase them uh, into the park. Yeah, that scene is very, very cool because the the way the camera pans and the Furies are just they're not even sweating. They've got paint on their face. They don't sweat. They they're just it's like that's that's because that gang Walter Hill wants us to perceive that gang that way. Very cool. Very calm. Very collected They're they, They're very good makeup artists uh, as well. And the, the way they run with the bat, the leader running with a bat with his hand and it like the main the, the, the end of the bat in his hand underneath his like almost like carrying like a football 
It's yeah. menacing. It's very collected, like very purposeful. Um, that scene, even though it's it's supposed to be an action scene because there's a fight scene right right at the end of it, that whole scene takes us from one section of New York into another section of New York. Things like that stand out to me. They may not be the most iconic things, but they they definitely stand out to me. And obviously, um, just to kind of fast forward the ending where um, Luther um you know gets the the bottles and is clanking them and warriors and just his the way he says it that whole scene is like and there's no music by the no. way the, this the thing is is like throughout the film there's the main theme right yep. um and there's pockets of music and throughout it, but there's certain scenes where walter hill will not does not allow the, the music to over uh um to, to sort of over uh play the actual scene and what's right. happening and to, to, to sort of help you learn about the, the motivation of the character. Uh, but anyway, those are um, three scenes that, that hugely stand out. Obviously another scene is the subway scene towards the end on the last train, on the last ride mm. um, before they get to Coney so Island and the, the, the prom couples that come into the bus or to, into the train and the corsage. And, um, and that whole scene is so poetic to me. It stands uh, stands out to me because it gives you some rest, some some a, a brief moment of like that. There's still poetry in gang life. There's still mm -hmm. um, there's still a um, sort of like a. It's almost like his love letter to say, "Hey, Walter Hill's going." Here's a little snippet of gang life. Isn't always this action, this stuff that's happening. There's running away, this fighting and stuff. Yeah. There's actually a soul inside of it. I think you can appreciate it if if you've been around gangs maybe more. And uh, I don't want to say that I was a gang member at all. No, but I was around <laughs> gangs. Uh, and I knew actual gang members growing up. And I knew the loyalty within and even the respect. And even though here in the book, by the way, Saul Yurik's book is much different in this area, covers this yes. area differently than, than the film. But the film does Walter Hill is just such a such a great director that he recognizes there's got to be a moment of levity, a moment of where you get to see another side of of Swan, for example, um, interacting with Mercy. Um, and it's not necessarily a a love. Oh, there man, I love that, dude. I love it. <laughs> but if you, you think about this and I'll try to make Die this. I, I, I know I'm talking about this too long, but no, no, um, you're not. You're good. If, if you think about this. Swan and Mercy's relationship is volatile throughout the time that they meet, right? But you almost feel like at the end of it, when he's giving her the corsage, that even though he's kind of like, oh, I don't want to see this go to waste, he says that to her, yeah. because Walter Hill doesn't let a moment go to waste. This is how good he is. Yeah. He, he gives her the corsage, and it's almost like flippant about it. But she takes it like, it, that's a moment where you feel like these two, for me, they're like, they're the forever couple. Like they've <laughs> yeah. been in it. Totally. Like to me, that's the forever couple, you know? Yeah. So that's how I feel about this is why I love this movie so much. Yeah. It's it's the character of Mercy uh is one that has always kind of stuck out to me as I'm like, what is her deal? You know, because she's just like out there in the middle of the night, like antagonizing, you know, her her gang, the orphans, by the way. The orphans are the least intimidating gang 
with and, with David Schwimmer as uh, their uh, it's yeah. totally David Schwimmer. Thank you, David Schwimmer. Bro, I still love the orphans. I don't care. I still no, the orphans they're, are great. They're hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're hilarious. because they're very relatable. They're just like yeah. every guy that just like talks shit but has nothing to back it up with. Exactly. You, you better yes. watch out, man. You better. You better. Oh yeah, what are you gonna do? And then they run away and just run inside. And you're like, all right, I know, man. Um, I know they're wimps. Oh, but but Mercy, yeah. like I just, you know, it's it's so unclear. Like because she has many opportunities to go home. She clearly doesn't like her home. Um, but she's just kind of always around. And you're like, but you know, she's just very funny. I'm just like, she's she's fearless. She's just wandering around over the course of this entire night. Um, one thing, it's it's not a secret if you've listened to the podcast that I subscribe to the theory that no movie needs to be longer than 90 minutes. Yep. This yep. movie is perfection in storytelling. There is, it is absolutely, you know, to your point, John, it's like Walter Hill could have started this with the warriors hanging out in Coney Island and like, what's going on? I don't know. There's this meeting. Let's get on the train. Yep. You know, no, we're yep. on the train. We're going, we're being told in a nonlinear fashion, you know, it is, it is absolutely brilliant. Um, it's a 90 minute, movie that feels like you are on this journey like it feels like when this movie ends i feel like i just got off a red eye oh i love it you said that yeah, you're like I the, the you sun that. is coming up and you feel like you just experienced this night with them in 90 Absolutely. minutes it's very Absolutely. hard to do yeah. and that to me is is really one of the most brilliant things about this film bro by the time in the city plays that i feel like i had to i could exhale yeah i could exhale i felt like i was on my I always feel like it, even when I watch it now, I'm like, I know what's going to happen, but I, I look for nuances in like the, the way the actors look or play that scene. I always like look at every actor. Now I look at, for example, if I'm studying Swan's facial expressions, I'll study Fox's facial expressions. I'll study this. And then, uh, but every time I watch this movie, by the end, by the time they have, have exhausted the whole trip and come out and we've found that you know, they've, they've been let go. They've been let through the, 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 the little walk. <laughs> right. the riffs. I'm like, I literally exhale every single time. Like, I feel like this is the, the genius of this film is that it doesn't, it like takes you. And the whole time you're like, okay, uh, this, this, the, these guys are broken up by the police. So they have to go this direction. Uh, and like it mentally plays a game on you. It's really weird. I think I'm not sure you have to be a film uh, a, a, such a high art film lover or anything like that. You just kind of like let yourself loose into this world, into this mythology. And you, this film will take you there. Yeah, there's... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's a lot of movies that compare, you know, call themselves a chase movie, and I and I totally I love chase movies. I think that this is the ultimate chase movie because you guys are right. This is a death race movie, right? It's it is like, death race. It is. It, yeah. I remember when that movie Run came out with Patrick Dempsey, and I thought, mm. oh, this is going to be a great movie because yeah. he's going to he's not going to stop running through the whole movie. Well, he, <laughs> he does quite often actually. There's a lot of times he stops running. Oh uh, man. But the whole premise of the thing was like he's got to run, he's got to run, and like it's not like, run, he's not Lola running. run. It's he's, not. He's walking yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. run. Lola run, run Lola run yeah. would be a great uh, counterpiece to this film yeah. like bookend yeah. you know great it would film. be great 
to pair that up with this. Yeah, nice, nice little mm. shout out there, Dustin. But to, to go back to what you said about Mercy, um, I'm speaking personally, I've known that that it could be a girl or it, or it could be a guy, but the outlier in the group that just wants to be doesn't like the world they're living in and they want to be around everyone else and they end up becoming, you know, consider if it's a guy, it's like, oh, he's such a leech. He hangs out with us all the time and he never leaves, you know, or if it's a girl, it's like, oh, she wants to get with all the guys and gets the nasty reputation. Right. Mercy is that kind of girl where they yeah. they give her this idea that she has a nasty reputation. But there's a deeper backstory there. You know, when she has her moment where the movie does let up again, pause, like where she wants to make out with Swan in the subway. <laughs> and just for that brief moment, you know, she's like, come on, let's make it. And he's like, no, we got to go. You know, uh, th you know, why don't let's you tie a mattress it. to your back? And let's... the lines in this, by the way, the script is gold. I know yeah. that Walter Hill was, uh, you know, he wrote this along with um, David Shaber, David Shaber, who has worked with Walter Hill on quite a few other movies, too. Um, but he, they, they, those two came up with gold lines. This script yeah. is maybe, in my opinion, one of the tightest, most original scripts I've ever heard in my entire life. Just the dialogue, yeah. the dialogue alone. Like if you just listen to an audio version of this, you'd be like, what is this movie? I want to keep yep. listening to it because every single line, I mean, by today's standards, it's you, you can't utter many of the words that are in this film. However, right. But 1979, the 80s, as a kid, I was blown away by, I was repeating line after line when my parents weren't around, so I didn't get in trouble. But <clears throat> so many, like, uh, that line where where Swan says, you know, maybe we ought to pull a train on you. I'm like, what's yeah. that? What's that yeah. mean? You know? <laughs> and, and, then, yeah. and then she, but she counters back with that, where she's like, fuck yeah. you, by the way, we yeah. can swear. Uh, and, and, and it's like real tough chick. And she's like, you've been, yeah. you know, he's like, you've been saying that all night. There's just like one gold line after another, even like yeah. little subtle ones where you just go, okay, I want to rewind that. This was a rewindable movie for me as a kid. I rewound this so many times. What did he just say? For sure. For sure. No, I, I think you, you got it. And, and, and to piggyback on what you're saying, it's Ajax has some great lines too, and the reality is, sure is without sugarcoating it, um, James Ramar, you know, for the, the yeah. for the audience or being PC about it too much because the the world's just always PC, unfortunately nowadays. The reality is is that this and the other reason why this film will live in a time capsule and always be important is because you know nowadays you can't make unfortunately you cannot make films historical pieces or anything like that because you cannot use how people originally spoke. And yeah. it's it's tragic. Yeah. It's not like what you you can't even take a character, and I'm just gonna get on my high horse for just a second. It, it's like it's almost like what Walter Hill did at that time with the Warriors, just to kind of reference the Warriors on this, is that he used real language that was being used, running a train, uh, um, using the words Ajax uses, um, and uh, you know the just the the language, the way it was spoken. This guy is you can tell. I was actually talking to gang members. He had listened to this type of language. He was yes. it was raw stuff. T today, unfortunately, in Hollywood and and whatever filmmaking, you couldn't take a period piece like that and and, and drop actors in it to do it because then the actors are going to be like, oh well, can I say this word? Can I not say this? Or the or yeah. the writer, the direct the right the screenwriter has to go has to self edit everything. Unfortunately, and now you can't look at the past and go, hey. I know this this character's motivations. Like, let's look at Ajax. People don't like to talk about Ajax unless it's in 
anonymously in uh, YouTube circles uh, in the comments. <laughs> but I will tell you, Ajax is one of Walter Hill's best characters uh, yes. he's ever written. And uh, and it is uh, and, and it, taking aside what he says in some of the scenes, you have to appreciate Ajax for who he is. He is a highly motivated uh, character in the sense that he's uh, highly motivated by sex and getting laid whenever, wherever he goes. Right. He's uh, if you want to talk about if you want to call it toxic masculinity, he's yeah. highly mask. You know, he, he's not shy about it. He throws off. Uh, he, he, he throws slurs all over the place about it. Um, so I think that part of this film nails not only uh, the, the character motivations are also verbally, um, um, you know, sp put out by the actors. You know what their motivations are a lot by their dialogue. Right. Do we have any time where I can go on a like a like a 40 second tangent on Mercy please, real quick? Please, <laughs> okay, please do. But, so, uh, uh, starting, I, I do want to no. piggyback. Oh. I do want to come back to your your uh, Ajax, though, when you finish yeah. that. up. OK, cool. So here's what I want to say about about Mercy. I, I got to tell you, you know, I, I grew up around girls like Mercy. And I also was because of the line of work that I was in. Uh, for a number of years, I was able to interview. Uh, you were a pimp, as we discussed. Yes, earlier. I was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, hey, my my yeah. wife's gonna watch this. And so are my kids. <laughs> I was not. I was never. I was never a pimp. Yeah. All right. Uh, and 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 so uh, no. I, and I interviewed a lot of uh, folks that came from uh, that that were from the streets. They either worked as um, uh, prostitutes or they were drug dealers or whatnot. And so with Mercy, I think that uh, man. I really love that character. I love that character because she's tough because her environment's made her tough. But at the same time, she's not tough enough to action her next level. And then, you know, when she's like trying to pull her hair aside a little bit and Swan yeah. tells her, Hey, oh, don't think that you're, that yeah. Uh, hey, you're fine. This is who you are. Accept it. You know, and, and you're, everything's fine. You don't have to be them. You don't have to be this pro these prom couples. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think when I first watched it, I thought, Oh, mercy's going, She's trying to show herself off like one of these guys is going to try to like pay her for a service or that's what I when mm -hmm. I first saw it as a kid. Right. Mm. But when you when as an adult now, I go, she's sort of ashamed of herself because she's they totally. look very pretty. Yeah. And she's kind of like trying to fix herself up. And Swan Swan is such a great character, too. He just like is like, hey, accept accept it. Don't be ashamed of yourself. Well, that, that, yeah. that's interesting that, yeah, about owning who you are and being true to yourself. This movie is true to itself. Um you, you point out a couple of things, you know, you were talking earlier about the dialogue specifically with Ajax. Um, you know, I think so much of content now on television and in movies is all about like just showing you not saying the words, but doing st stuff that's super inappropriate. Like I think of sure. Game of Thrones, for example, you know, all the stuff that goes on in there while it's not deemed like, um, you know, acceptable by any means, but no one's freaking out about like a, like a incest uh, scenario or a foot fetish or something like that. But if they were to say certain words that would trigger, they might be more offended by that. Right. This, right. But this movie to me, and specifically Ajax's character, uh, it, it, at least as far as I can think of is one of the few gray type movies for its time. Gray characters, you know, we are gray characters are everywhere on television and movies nowadays, right? N nobody is perfect. Um, the Ozarks and uh, Game of Thrones. It's like anti anti heroes. Yeah, yeah, right, total anti heroes. But this movie is all anti heroes. They're a gang, you know, yep. and and we never get the sense that 
uh, there's like the nice gang and the bad guy. They're all bad guys, quote unquote. They're all doing things that they're not supposed to do at some point. We don't know yeah. the backstories of the Warriors, but we can make assumptions based on the fact that they want to take over they're the best. New York. Right? Yeah, they're the best. So I love that. Yeah. And they are the best. They are it's, the best. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you hit on something earlier uh, as well, talking about the, that the music never takes over the movie, right? Yeah. But the score by Barry Dvorzon is, again, this movie has, um, and we'll talk about the main song in the city in a second, but this movie has sprinkled clips of different album, uh, like songs that, that kind of highlight uh, scenes mm-hmm. like Nowhere to Run and um, but in, in the song, when, when the, the warriors visit the Lizzie's, which yeah. is another iconic scene, <laughs> but, yeah. but Barry DeVore's on score, his pulsing kind of synth with guitar is so ahead of its time and it's so yeah. original. Yeah. Um, Barry DeVore's on, by the way, just quick shout out to like his, his career, you know, he, he's, uh, Who's still alive, by the way? Do not do too. that, Zach. Sorry, do not sorry, do sorry. that, John. You should know that every time Zach does this, he's still alive. He's 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 jinxed him. And tomorrow oh we're going to hear. So so let's oh, say man. a prayer for Barry. And uh, uh, yes, no. yes, I'll do, the, I'll do the sign of the cross. I'll he's the alive. Yes. He's well. Yeah. He's great. He's working. He's doing awesome. <laughs> Be- love love to you, Barry. Love to you, oh, Barry. Man. Yes, really. By the way, I'm holding up a slipcover, uh, uh, album slipcover. Yes, that's Lynn beautiful. Let, but let's never yeah. marvel that someone is still alive. That's not. Yes, uh, sorry. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Sorry, right. I, I take back. I take back. I'm allowed one take back per episode, Dustin. <laughs> take take backsies. Take backsies. Uh, but yeah. but he scored he scored a bunch of things, notable films uh, and television series. But he scored the uh, the Renegades TV movie and TV short lived TV series that starred. Um, uh, Patrick Swayze. We had a former guest, Luca Bercovici, on the show who was in the pilot of The Renegades, which was supposed to be like the TV version of The Warriors, like this okay. cool gang, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. But Barry Dvorzon's score, which starts the movie, highlighted yeah. in the the, the Furies uh, baseball battle, which they get their asses handed to them pretty quickly. I know. You think the guys that know how to use bats would be a little better at right. using the bats, right? No, so, and, and Ajax for baseball, utters one probably. of the best. They do. Ajax utters one of the best lines in the movie where he says, uh, I'm going to take that bat and turn it into a make, turn it into a popsicle or something like that. Shove it up your ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. Turn you into a right. popsicle. So great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, be, but before we talk about like the song in the city, um, if you could, let's go around and, and, and tell us your favorite gang and your favorite gang member from the movie. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see here. I gotta say, obviously the Warriors, because they're the best. But I gotta say, if there was a, a different gang that I really liked, um, I really want to learn more about the rogues. And I really like Luther. Uh, Luther is a uh, fantastic um, antagonist in the story. So I was a, a he was creepy and he was um, he was bad, but he was a little dude. Like he was a, yeah. a, a small dude, but he, he's a little guy. He's a little guy, yeah. And I think it would be pretty badass to see, like if there was some, like if there was an extension to the Warriors, maybe see some sort of like thing between the Rogues and the Rifts or something. I I just. I want to see yeah. more red uh, uh, geese, karate geese, 
more <laughs> with elbows, hockey sticks. More elbows thrown. By the way, trivia question. I'm just going to throw this out there right now. Do you know how many elbows Cleon got in that scene? Oh, that's a uh, great question. 17. You know? So okay, that's that's really good. It could be 17, but based on my calculations and reviewing that scene over the years, I I, I think there were 13 elbows that that guy got beaten to death with. Oh. Um, and 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 I got to tell you, never has a scene. If I can, if, if they say what are the top like death scenes in films, I've got to put that one in like my top 10. Being elbowed to death cannot feel good, number one. No. But number two, with 13 different elbows, that's got to be, you know, nightmarish. Yeah. So, you know. Are we, are we, <laughs> are we making that assumption that he, he, he got killed in that scene? Right. I like to imagine he's still alive. Just uh, Oh, oh, okay. Just, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like over the years, I've, I've kind of come to, I felt like maybe, um, you know, maybe he's he succumbed to the elbow uh, yeah no he he and, i agree yeah, with you I, I think he's dead yeah. but i like he to think i do too yeah. i i hold on to that belief yeah. i try <laughs> i try i think the only person that we do, definitely confirmed dead in that fox. film is fox played yeah. by thomas g waits yeah. and if you don't know the story on that you can look it up it's kind of a fabled story it's it's um clash of egos i think at the end of the day as to yeah. why you know it, it, but the movie would have gone a totally different direction hadn't that not happened and kind of thank god it did because the movie that we got like dustin said it turns into a 90 90 minute piece of gold yeah yeah and i, I like i like weight but i like michael beck better to be honest with you and i i, I know that yeah. walter hell i've heard him in interviews say that he had to do a quick rewrite he regrets his this the the conflict he had um, with that actor who plays Fox. I think it's uh, Tom, not Tom Wait, uh, John. Tom, yeah, Thomas no, G. Waits. Th yeah. Thomas Wait. Yes, yeah. I got it right. I was going to say John yep. Waits. He's a singer. No, uh, you got it. it. Yeah, and uh, and he regrets. He 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 takes ownership of some of the fault that he had in that. But he did a quick rewrite. Um, and actually, the actor who gets thrown into the subway into the in front of the train is not even uh, Thomas Wait. No, it's a it's a different actor because he didn't show up to the set. Right. Yeah. Uh, so he got, this other actor got thrown in, but uh, anyway, that's a, I, I got to tell you, even that uh, is a brilliant, shows you how brilliant of a director he is. He re literally rewrote that scene very quickly and changed the dynamics of who the leader was going to be and all that, like within, I, I you know, could have been a day. I mean, this yep. thing was on the fly happening. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Man. Brilliant. Yeah. The Cliff's brilliant. notes for anyone confused is that Thomas G. Waits was fired mid shoot. Yes. Um, yeah. From the movie for various reasons. I, yeah, we, we don't even know all, all of what went down, but we don't know. We can speculate. I mean, they, they, yeah. yeah. Right, Dustin. And, and, and what we what they've gone on record to say happened. I mean, you don't ultimately. Who knows? Maybe yeah. that. Who True. knows? True. But Dustin, what, what is uh, what's your favorite gang or gang member from the movie? I think we should exclude the Warriors. So we all know the okay. Warriors are the okay. best. So so <laughs> you, you said, John, you said the Rogues. But Dustin, how about you? Right. Uh, well, favorite gang or gang member? There's nothing scarier than a group of mimes. So the high hats have to be. Um, I mean, you know, the thing about a lot of these gangs is think about how much makeup and how much time they're spending, like getting dressed up to go, you know, do their bad deeds across the city. It's a, it seems like a lot of excess time. That's why the warriors is very simple. They just throw on a vest and they're ready to go. They don't even, you know, they don't even style their hair, but, uh, no, my, my favorite is, is Luther, David Patrick Kelly, who will be on in two weeks, by the way, with us. Um, Oh, wow. We... Really dude. That's like a few guys that I'm like, I'm not, I don't get like 
I don't get like starstruck or anything like that, but there's a few guys that I just am like, wow, that dude was awesome. That day, man, that what a stud. I got to tell you, I just, I love everything he's been in everything. Yeah. He, uh, you know, his, his performance in this movie, it's just very, very captivating in a way that makes me laugh too. Cause I just giggle a lot. Cause he's just like, I don't even know who he's talking to on the phone. Most of this, you know, he's giving updates about, you know, yeah. right. He's, <laughs> Wait, right? He's, he's talking to <laughs> yeah. somebody, the, the rogues yeah. leader, or the, the, you know, but just about all these things. And then I just, you know, that's why I yeah. love that. That's why I love them so much. But I feel like there's another mythology yes. with them that because he's talking to someone, he must be a lead, yep. leadership person, or I think he's talking to Link, Lynn Thigpen, the the DJ. <laughs> that's that was yeah. that was where I that's my world building. Okay, I, I was like he's 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 calling into the studio to give them right. updates. Okay, that's yeah, a good point because <laughs> that, yeah. that is the one fantasy element of this where like she's the omniscient narrator and knows what's going on. Yeah, um, presumably yeah. everyone in town. It, it's like gang radio. It's it's where you go to hear about the meetings <laughs> and see where the warriors might be located. <laughs> Um, so that's not a bad, that's not a bad theory. All they do is show her lips and her, and, and, and into the microphone. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And it's gold. It's so gold. It's absolute gold. Yeah. I, I, I love that. You said that to, uh, piggyback on what Dustin, Dustin said that scene where, um, Luther goes to the, to the phone and he's calling in that scene is, uh, that, that was the main scene that made me feel like this gang is so too bad. Too bad they're the bad guys, but it made sense that they were the bad guys, um, you know, and Luther was part of that, obviously. But that gang was just such a badass gang to me. I've always liked them over the years. But something that you mentioned about um, Big Ben, I would just love to like she could narrate my sleep time, honestly, like her oh. voice is so, so great. But, you know, I remember her. I never really put it together, but I remember her from uh, Where in the World's oh, yeah. San Diego Same. in the early 90s. Hello and welcome to Acme. I'm the chief, but you can call me, well, the chief. We're in the business of tracking down thieves, and we're ultimately after one, Carmen San Diego. Every creep we've ever collared has been working for her. And so, so yeah, I, I, I always felt like that, uh, the DJ relaying the information over the, you know, over the radio, it was such an incredible add-on in a clever way to um set the set the next scene up or like a transitionary way to do it um and and it and it left the narrator to be very neutral like you didn't have like orson wells in the background telling you this is what's happening you know what i mean yeah Uh, i liked i liked the way that they uh that walter go used that um you know so yeah absolutely without without uh breaking the momentum of the film as well it was a night. It sure. was like a chance to a chance for you to catch your breath. Yeah. And, and by the way, she passed away in two thousand three. Which I remember when we would do our birthday posts on on our Instagram page. I'm like, wait, she, she yeah. in two thousand three? That was wow. So um, wow. But, but yeah, I remember that too as a kid listening to our "Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego" and, yeah. and, and going, wait a minute, I, what, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's like, exactly. I was like, <laughs> I, where is it? But back then, it's like right now, everything is at the tip of our fingertips, right? I, 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 we can just look right? it up. But back then, you were just kind of like. I recognize that person in, in some degree, but I didn't have access I'll to never the information know. Uh, yep. quickly. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, it, and we were fine with it. And we were fine with it. We were it. fine with it. <laughs> totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll uh, like like Dustin said, when we have David Patrick Kelly on, you'll hear kind of 
how he got to become Luther and how iconic that is. Oh my gosh. Can't wait like, to hear that, that, man. that sequence when he's in that phone booth and then has an interaction with the, uh, with the newsstand lady. And it is. Yeah. What? So my buddy, so a Patreon subscriber and one of my closest, dearest friends, Terry Chapman and I, this was the movie that actually brought us together friendship wise. And he is just like, we would quote it back and forth all the time. And that was one of the lines. We actually leave each other messages to this day. Doing For that what? scene. <laughs> Great, great. Don't take care of yourself. Like with this Elmer Fudd kind of affect to him. We got to hit the song, the song of our episode, In the City by Joe Walsh. It, it, it closes out the movie. Um, this movie came out in February of 79. The Eagles album, The Long Run, came out in September of 70, 79, which features this song. But it's the Eagles doing the, 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 the version on the album is the Eagles. The version on the soundtrack is just Joe Walsh. Um, I actually like this version more than the one on the Eagles album, and it's uh, iconic. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just be real quick. I, 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 I love the Joe Walsh version more than the Eagles version. I'm a huge Eagles fan, and the first time I or the the second time I heard that song, where it stood out to me, and I was like, I've heard this song again. Was later in the 80s when the eagles released when hell freezes over yeah same and, same yeah and so and so for a long time i was just like i i really didn't know who sang it or whatever i just knew that it was in the warriors and and then when i heard it again by the eagles i was like uh wait a minute this sounds a little different because this is worth listening to separately then um yes. so i have the i have the opportunity to do it obviously if you have spotify you can find the joe walsh version and then uh you also at the end of the warriors if you have it digitally you can you can hear it um but i just like the guitars the 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 voice joe walsh's voice i actually didn't even know who joe walsh was for a long time until i heard and i didn't even realize this is the same guy who wrote in the city even though i could it's like I almost knew who Joe Walsh was only through his voice because you can recognize right. it, right? Yeah. But I didn't yep. know uh, that he was also I, – I, when I heard his voice when I was listening to the Eagles, I was like, man, I know this guy. I know his voice. I, I, I can recognize because he doesn't just do the uh, – in the city, he does a couple other tracks um, uh, in the well, When Hell Freezes Over. But anyway, yes. that being said, yes, definitely listen to the original – uh, I believe it's also better than the uh, no disrespect to the Eagles, but I believe and they used it because it's such a great track. Yeah. Right. They wanted to they use sure it. Did. So, yeah. yeah. So obviously they're like, this is a great track. Let's use it. Yeah. I mean, so, the, the fact is that this track yeah. really brought m many more eyes on the movie after the after the fact, yeah. because when this movie came out, it was not. Yes. You know, it's it's this is a cult classic. Let's be honest. It's it's continued to grow year after yeah. year after year, and and part of the reason is because of that song, and because the Eagles it, it was was it the long run I believe on off that album. Um, yeah. That, yep. The long run. You know, when they yep. re-recorded it, you know, it's it's great, and I know that 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 uh, what uh, Barry Dvorsen that his um, that he wrote this with Joe Walsh, and that Joe just came to him and was like, hey, uh, we're doing it. <laughs> you know, a paycheck is coming. Uh, yeah. you know, and certainly, yeah, Barry had no, had no idea, um, that, you know, I mean, it was going to be as, as huge as it, as it was. I, like I said, when I told you that I exhaled, when I, when I, that com song comes on, it's almost like that song in the lyrics just really nails the, 
just not only the 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 overall theme of the film, but the rawness of the voice, the the tune, you know, uh, there's there's it, it feels like this song and it was written uh, for the Warriors film. The song was it's like one of those like once in a blue moon, once in a million songs that actually really fit the soundtrack, the, the, yep. the film really well. It's just a fantastic track. Yeah, you know, we we obviously we talk about soundtracks all the time on our show, and there are some soundtracks that from beginning to end are, you know, end-to-end burners, like my wife says. Um, this is not one of those soundtracks. There are some songs that definitely don't stand out on, on, on the overall sure. soundtrack. However, if you take the Dvorzon tracks, which are in their entirety on the soundtrack and in the city, to me, that's all I need. Yeah. Like, as a kid... Those to this day, the the divorce on tracks are on my workout mix. Like, awesome. you know, awesome. They get me pumped up. And uh, but but Joe Walsh's song with that guitar that like it's so again iconic. Nothing else like it. Yeah. And it and I love yeah. that the entire song plays in the end credits, and you see them walking almost the entire time. Yeah. The film the 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 camera doesn't stop. It keeps rolling. I think it's at the very tail end. I think it plays the through the entire credits of the movie, which as a kid blew me away. It like yeah. I it could have been the the movie that got me to sit through the entire credits of a film. And which to this day I love doing. You know, I think it's important to see everybody working on it. I totally love the end credits. And it's interesting because I I I spend a lot of time studying the end credits of films, which is another one of my weird uh, twitches. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, now don't apologize. Yeah, You're and, in good yeah, company. Really. And, uh, and so the interesting thing is that if you look at the end credits while this song is playing, while in the city is playing by Joe Walsh, um, you don't see Walter Hill's name in pretty much anything. I think if I recall correctly. Yep. Uh, and you also uh, see, you also, um, it's interesting because they list, I think when you list the order of, of the gangs, they list um, the the Warriors first, and then they list, um, it was like, they list like the some a few police officers and uh, like like a uh, like the lady at the um, at the convenience stand. They, it's like the, it's like a weird way that they did it, but um, it is. It's so it's it's just it's just cool. And I'm trying to as I talk to you guys, I'm trying to pull up my uh, my end credits here. If you watch, if you end up watching the director's cut, it's for the audience listening. Before they roll in the credits, the closure that they give you. Uh, between Swan and Mercy is really, really great because she does the clearing of her hair again in that oh. in that scene. Yeah. But this time, you feel like as a as a viewer, like she's coming to her. She realizes that okay, this is who she is. She's accepted who she is, and and Swan, the look that he gives her is almost like it's a look of acceptance too. It's like, hey, we made it. We're good. The only thing that always like stood out in my mind is what part of the beach are they in? Because like, aren't the um, the the rogues getting their you know asses handed to them on the other side? Like, <laughs> how far did they walk? You know what I mean? Right. So, <laughs> that, well, yeah. I mean, let's not forget Luther yeah. screaming yeah. at the top of his lungs. Oh. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that scene. Um, we always hit up a few pop culture moments from 1979 and. Actually, I think there some of them are really worth noting. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share three. 
uh, really quickly, really quickly from 1979. Pink Floyd, The Walls album was released in 1979. To give you an example of how great a year 1979 yes. was, that for is considered maybe one of the greatest mm-hmm. albums of all time. Um, the, obviously, the movie Superman, the movie came out in 1979. Many people consider that to be just iconic in many ways but the the something that came out in 1979 that is very special at least for me uh and i think to you john and and dustin a little bit was sony walkman was released in 1979 at a price tag of 200 dollars. nice so the sony walkman would be able to play the (laughs) warriors cassette soundtrack which i have yeah Um, yeah it's awesome awesome and i mean like if if that's not an iconic symbol of the 80s the walkman Mm -hmm. and 1979 welcoming in this new era of cassette tapes and uh you know well much to the music so you know music files audio files probably hate cassette tapes because it's such a different sound not the best sound but come on the walkman is iconic iconic truly iconic and uh i've got a few of them here actually but uh I got to tell you, I, I, I still have a ton of my um, cassette tapes uh, sitting here. Some of them are purchased, uh, uh, you know, over the years as well. But I still had uh, a lot of my cassette tapes still available to me, uh, fortunately, uh, despite all the moving that I was doing. But I got to tell you, um, there's nothing that's really there, there are several iconic things from the 80s. But that the Walkman being obviously one of the most iconic. Um, I did want to say that um you know 79 was for me uh, a crazy year even though i was just a child my parents decided that they were gonna leave our um, home country and come to the united states so that to me uh also was an iconic yeah. uh time or or, or important wow. time yeah and, yeah and uh flee dictatorship and come out to the united states and the rest is history as they say and uh i'm so i'm so blessed and thankful for them to to have made that decision um, the, the, the one thing I want to say kind of in closure to, uh, to the warriors is for everyone, anyone that's listening that hasn't seen it, I want to say this and why this is such a special film and why I was so honored that you guys, um, brought me on to talk about a 79 film. Right. Um, yeah. and the thing about this, you guys, is it almost was not made and, uh, it was not, it was almost not made for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, the, the actual property, the license was held onto for years and years from the book. The, it's actually uh, quite divergent from the book. It's um, which is which is a great thing in my opinion. Um, but also, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, you should know that the studio tried to do everything in its power to almost, you know, kind of like can this film. And it wasn't until there was a test audience brought in to kind of view it that they decided, oh well, it actually performed pretty well, um, and they decided to release it. Uh, so there was a lot of marketing issues and a lot of things that happened. So because this film was barely was al- almost didn't make it, I think that in itself uh, just shows you how much work goes into how much how much pain and suffering I think the director and the actors had to go through and waiting and things like that to to make this happen. So uh, and I would say that if there are if there's a film in your lifetime that you should see, like I said, at least once. This is the film. Uh, this is one of those films, at least. The other film was Big, Big Trouble in Little China, obviously, because that's my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. Uh, in my top five, too. It's a good yeah. one. And then also, obviously, The Last the Last Dragon. You um, you should not... Uh, you, I don't know how, how you could go to sleep peacefully without seeing <laughs> at least those three films. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not kidding. You will not sleep uh, peacefully. Yeah, you, you should, 
Yeah, well, maybe that's you know for those that, that out there listening that can't sleep, maybe that'll that'll be the solution. Yeah, see those movies, <laughs> see if you, if you well, can't sleep then. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's probably why. And fun fact. Yeah. My my wife typically, uh, you know, doesn't like it. I don't want to throw her under the bus because this is 100% fact. But w- when we first started dating, she's like, let's watch your favorite movie of all time. And we watched The Warriors and she fell asleep. So there you go. <laughs> and she's remained under the it's bus right, since. <laughs> I can't tell you how many I can't tell you how many 80s movies I've talked up to my wife. And I was like, you're, I'm telling you right now, this is you're going to love this movie. And I had her watch. I remember the, one of the first ones we ever watched was Lethal Weapon. And to me, Lethal Weapons is a phenomenal film. Uh, which, oh, by yeah. the way, executive producer on this, on the Warriors, Joel Silver, right? Joel Silver, yeah, hello. I mean, yep. come on. And uh, and so she's like, what's her feedback to me when you watch Lethal Weapon? There's way too much sex in this thing. <laughs> That's all that she says to me. <laughs> by the way, way really quick, yeah. Lethal Weapon and watching it in today, yeah. knowing what happened to Mel Gibson yeah. and Eric Clapton, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. boy. I know. This is- I know, yes. dude. And and we yeah. should mention too yeah. that Zach is is literally right now breaking down Lethal Weapon for oh, for he? his other podcast, yeah. Podcasting After Dark. Uh, so that'll probably release around oh. the same time this does. <laughs> it's awesome. Actually, yeah, companion that's, piece. That's true. Yeah. Um, I it, yeah. And I broke down the Warrior scene by scene on uh, yeah. I think a year ago yeah. actually on Podcasting After Dark. But yeah. and, and you mentioned producers. The Warriors was produced by Lawrence Gordon who has produced movies like The Predator, uh, sorry, Predator, and Lockup, and Watchmen, and <laughs> Frank Marshall. Yeah, right. Frank Marshall, who produced uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, man. And, I mean, come on, like, yeah. and, and the list goes on. So, yeah, it's got, it's got pedigree. It's yep. got pedigree. It's like the people that had money back then actually should have had the money. Like that, right. they, they could spend that, they spent it on the right, right things, right? But whereas today, I feel like, what are you doing as a producer? You let this film go out. I mean, you just, you know, <laughs> tank your, your 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 funds. But, you know, hey, Lethal Weapon, bro, another underrated Christmas movie. I'm just saying it. Yep. I'm going to throw it out there. Yep. That's All why right. I chose yep. it. There we go. Podcasting after dark. <laughs> yep. Can I just ask, when, when Kristen was asleep, did she wake up and pretend that she wasn't sleeping? No, but she... she I, th- one of the many reasons why I love my wife, she's completely honest with me. And she's like, it was kind of slow. I'm like, well, oh. you know what? For you, uh, I feel like this movie is a very niche audience, clearly, because it's a cult film. So you either yeah. love it or you don't get it. And that's, <laughs> that's no offense to her. Well, I, I can't blame my wife. I mean, I, I don't know the age disparance, difference between your wives and, and you guys, but my wife was born in 1990. Ah, so, uh, yeah. Okay. So she's in a completely different. different Interesting. Yeah, so when I, yeah. So, yeah. So, so like, the pacing of films and all that, that I could have been patient with. She's right, impatient with. Right. Uh, and yeah, so it's like, it's an interesting thing. I've always thought I got to start a, I got to do something that's kind of funny with like husband and wife where we like totally yes. different viewpoints on That'd be things. Great. And you know, but anyway, I'm too busy. So. She likes beaches and you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She likes uh, reality uh, romance shows and I don't, you know, it's like- <laughs> Clarissa explains it all. It's like what her bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no final thoughts. I mean, final thoughts. I would say this movie is not slow and that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy it. Again, it's, it's 90 minutes end to end. It's just, it just, it just moves. And, um, you can't, you can't, there, there will be no movie like it ever again. There has been no movie like it since you can't just have these, these, these magical gangs of the night, uh, you know, as, as silly as some of them are, as you know, as re- and I really appreciate that we don't know, you know, as much about about all the gangs. They were presumably like 
at least 30 gangs um, like shown, right? That, like even glimpses of, yep. like we saw, I think. Yes. I want to I want to wrap up on my end by saying, um, first of all, go to our Patreon. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, please consider becoming one, because this month in particular, we have a two dollar six questions with David Patrick Kelly. That's not to be missed. Uh, a lot more fun stuff. We've changed up our tiers a little bit. And Dustin had described that in our previous episode. So if you haven't heard that one, go check it out. But go sign up for our Patreon, please. It, it's well worth every penny uh we have a lot of fun there but also if you're able to subscribe blah 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 blah. you know the whole deal um john it's so much fun having you on our show i think this i think this is a perfect way to start our friendship on the show and yeah. to continue it in the future because yes, we haven't covered last dragon and we haven't covered big trouble and mm -hmm. we will get to those shows probably in 2024 probably probably in 2020 yeah, i know yeah you guys waited a year before you saw Andrew Gower again, so I get it. Yep. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We have people but, come but, back. Uh, yeah, no, hey guys, I, I'm, I'm so pumped. I, I'm really, really happy that I was able to, uh, to be on the show, and uh, I think that anybody that's listening, uh, you know, follow these guys. I mean, what you guys do is really important, and I have a high respect for it. I think it's difficult. I know what it takes to not only research the films, but also just having the, talking about the pure love and enjoyment of, of films and soundtrack. One of the unique things that you guys do are the soundtracks, uh, which differentiates you, your podcast. Uh, and I think that's very special because music is so essential to uh, our film, our film viewing experience. So thank you guys. I appreciate what you do. I respect it. And uh, I feel honored that you asked me to come on and talk about the Warriors. Thank you for coming on. And everyone at that 80s dude, on Instagram. Yep. Give them yep, a follow. You. you will be in a nostalgia paradise. <laughs> Thanks, Check guys. it out. I'm... Do it now Appreciate while it. you're listening to this episode because you can multitask on yeah. your phone. <laughs>